Last time on Base Funk. He basically sacrificed his standing with the Knightly Order to effectively spare him, and here he is, dead. This spell doesn't work on undead, and it works. <gasps> Do you have any knowledge of how you ended up here in Ilium? He sold us to the vampire. We fought, and he struck me down in the church. Something happened there. Who was it that sold the order? Captain Galen. Galen Kadoon. Who's the court wizard? Can, can you tell us? They call her the Rose. She's some kind of prodigy. Count Danto is using her. The only thing you can do now, you have to save Mara. Yeah, it's, it's going to be ten days before I can ask, ask this guy any more questions. I met him uh, on the night of the party. That skeleton came by and gave me an invitation. Who did he kill? Some old man. He came from far away, somewhere in the north. For someone to have gotten their hands on his devices, they must have known they existed and where to find them. Azrael's at the heart of this, I can feel it. What matters is whether Azrael is able to demonstrate it has become reformed, correct? Each mirror is an individualized palette of reformation. This one is Azrael's. To reemerge again, only he would need to be reformed. I'm willing to take this burden, but if you want to come, I can't stop you. Corrupt the youth or lose my gifts. Hey, Zoe! What's Claire up to? <laughs> Zoe, I don't know what you did, but God, I really want to punch you in the face right now. To team parents who have just been transported inside a magical mirror prison, and you turn around and you see this weird glass wall with space on the other side, mm. an enormous column of rainbow light. The aurora, yeah. I always wanted to be an astronaut. <laughs> you have not been transported to a place. So this spaceship is Azrael's prison. It's a man whose head is a squid. Is it, are we going to call it a mind flayer in this case? Or an illithid here? What brings you to my eternal prison? Well, we're hoping to make your eternal stay here a bit less eternal, if you catch my drift. It's a prison break, then. <laughs> it's a prison break. <laughs> That's my dog, Scotia. Someone knocked on a door, so. Oh, I forgot you have a dog. Oh, my God. Well, at least the dog's not out in space where no one can hear it bark. <laughs> space Dogs is season five. I am very ready for season five, then. I, I am up for just an entire campaign of Space Dogs. So where we last left this adventure was half the party had gone into an enchanted mirror to rehabilitate a prisoner who had critical info on the hunt for a killer, while the other half went to a bar <laughs> to mess around with, I guess, one of their sisters. <laughs> we'll see how that turns out.
I just love that the fact that, that as soon as the parents were gone, the kids started punching each other. Like, that was the first thing that happened as soon as the parents are gone. Those kids are so grounded. When we get back from space prison. <laughs> you can try. <laughs> yeah, Dora is the world's oldest kid, so. <laughs> just try to ground me. <laughs> Lauren says, dropping everything in her life. Yep. All right, so actually, first thing I want to do this episode is for Roland and Veltari to roll history, because the gap between what you know in and out of character is potentially a chasm at this point, and I want to get a better idea of what that actually looks like. 23 for Roland. A six for Veltari. (laughs) Okay, so Veltari, you did a really good perception check last episode, so you actually know really well what's going on in this room, but you have, like, no context for the squid man. (laughs) Roland, it's the opposite. This room is a just a baffling conundrum, and you're like, oh, this guy. I've read about this before. See, this this is why it's good that both of us went into the mirror together. <laughs> we create one possible adventurer. Yep. <laughs> it's, a, it's a good uh, buddy cop movie coming next summer. Um, so, Roland, a real quick mind flayers, or illithids. Mm-hmm. In Dungeons & Dragons, they are historically found underground. They are very powerful psionics. But you know with the 23 that they are rumored to originally be from outer space. This is a canon thing in D&D because yep. it's stolen whole hog from our good friend H.P. Lovecraft. And if I'm not mistaken, there was a period where they couldn't use the term Mind Flayer or Illithid because of copyright related disputes, if I'm not mistaken. So they actually had to change the names of the of the. Uh, the monster if i'm not mistaken there have been a lot of those over the years i don't know specifically with this one because so here's the thing about lovecraft stories is that his vehement hatred and disgust of interracial marriage uh manifested in a bunch of sea creature human hybrids because i guess that's how he saw that particular interaction oh i never knew this and that's really oh okay so i get to ruin lovecraft for laura tonight that's exciting oh that's no, thank thank you. It, it's better that it happens now. Yeah. No, I, he has done a lot of really important fiction, uh, Shadow Over Innsmouth and Call of Cthulhu, most notably. Mm-hmm. But he was a product of his day. Right. Uh, or actually, you know what? That's not... I was trying to be fair. He was a kind of an asshole for his day on some of this stuff. <laughs> Frankly, it was like the 1920s. It's not like people didn't know yep. to equate interracial marriage with fish people. Um. So in D&D appropriated his creations which are in the public domain which is why i'm not sure the thing you said sketch is 100 percent true because they've, they've had to do that a lot in DD's history but lovecraft is in the public domain mm-hmm. they took some of the fish human hybrids one is the kuatoa which is basically a creature from shadow over innsmouth which we met in season two and the other is the illithid or mind flare which is kind of like a tiny little cthulhu minus the wings um and that is what you guys are currently looking at on this spaceship so that was a bit of a digression, but you know that this is a very powerful, very mysterious creature whose origins are shrouded in mystery, but rumored to be extraterrestrial. And you are currently in this weird room <laughs> facing down one. And uh, you know it's probably not something to mess with, is what you know. Eh, what harm can he do? He's in prison already. It's fine. It's not like we just walked and willingly locked ourselves in here with him. The the only other thing I could point out, this might be a little metagaming, if I'm not mistaken, because the mind flare tends to be psionic. That means most of its abilities require intelligence saving throws to resist, if they're attempted, that is. 
their whole thing is that they're like super smart and they're very telekinetic and telepathic. And in fact, you're, you're old to 23, so I don't mind telling you this. And their culture, magic is considered usually like heretical. Mm. Like, why would you use magic when you can just explode their head? Right. When you can charm them, hug them with your tentacles, eat their brains, you know, standard Thursday night affairs. And this perhaps contextualizes the fact that he, even though everyone keeps calling him a wizard, it turns out he's been using these devices. Mm, that, 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 that fits the general MO. Mm-hmm. So let's get into this actual scene, because the last episode ended with you guys discussing a possible prison break. Mm. So he says to you, in his drow accent, <laughs> <laughs> you may call me Azriel. Uh, that is not my name, but you cannot pronounce the name I was born with without a uh, hard beak and face tentacles. So I, I have simplified it for you. Mm. I, I appreciate the uh, the concessions made on our behalf. Uh, how's space tri- prison treating you? <laughs> well, <laughs> it does not always look like this. I have uh, redecorated to my liking. So everything around here is. Uh, more or less a fabric of your own thoughts, I take it. Yes, the mirror is how you say a palette of reformation. It is for me to paint with all the colors of the prison. <laughs> this, I, I, I've got to say, uh, coming, coming into into like mirror prison, I was expecting this to be a very dull drab affair. But you've really like spruced the place up. I must say, you've you've done a really good job. Of making making Mirror Prison your own. I love what you've done with the place. Thank you. Uh, I <laughs> I wish I could take more credit. I am a scientist, not an interior decorator, but it is all the same. It's one of the few places I've turned up and I've, I've been impressed by the visuals. So don't undersell yourself. You did good. The thanks are really yours, as apparently you have come to be my liberators. That's the hope. <laughs> my task, or our task, rather... In being here is to be able to demonstrate that uh, you are fit to leave. Oh, good luck with that! <laughs> yeah, this 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 is this is going to be a fun one. We've we've basically I, I'm just going to be straight up with you. We've been sent in on basically a buddy cop mission here. We've got Goody Two Shoes cop friend here who is like. He's here to to be like, hey, I'm all good and wonderful and I'm here to reform you. I'm here to basically be like, hey, I get it. Evil stuff is sometimes important and sometimes fun. I get that. We have to, at the very least, be able to show that you have been reformed, even if that's not necessarily the case. You're getting what I'm laying down? I am familiar with the good cop, bad cop dynamic. Yes, I, I... I ate the drow who had that information in- inside of his mind. So, <laughs> so yeah, it's it's a weird good cop bad cop because I am I am the bad cop I guess in that I am the bad person I I guess <laughs> but but I'm also the one who's really not going to be judging you for having whatever it was you did to get yourself in here in the first place. Good cop's probably going to be the asshole to you. We've got a very weird good cop bad cop going on. What do you do for? To pass the time, you must have been here for what? Decades at the very least. <laughs> After a certain point, time ceases to have quite the same meaning as it does on the outside. Mm. He actually waves a hand behind him and the scenery begins to change. The sky outside the window, which was previously space, P 
pierced by the aurora of Ilium in the background and it kind of wavers and transforms the walls change color the people who are milling about behind you disappear and it becomes um a much different scene all around you uh clearly under his control and it just becomes an entirely alien inhospitable looking world that's just beyond you like words fail you because it's impossible for someone in a sword and bow and arrow time to just imagine an alien planet, I think. And so what is happening is he's just showing the home world or one of them possibly. And to you, it's just like, mm-hmm. like, you know, the stories of when um, film was invented and they showed a theater full of people, a, a moving picture of a train coming and they all screamed and jumped out of their seats and ran away. Mm-hmm. It's like that to you because you just don't, mm. you can't even contain the idea that you're just being shown another planet. Do you ever get used to this? <laughs> Godlike power is very impressive at first, but I'm afraid the novelty wears off. Godhood is is all relative. What is a god but a very powerful sorcerer? Mm-hmm. Is not a parent a god to a child? I, I am the god here. And let me tell you, I could use some parishioners. <laughs> okay, I'm... I'm... <laughs> My friend here's been a, a little bit flowery around it. What did you do that got you in here? Let's just be let's just be direct. Perhaps that is best. I did a favor for a friend. It was not appreciated. What was the favor? Who was the friend? Who was the one that appreciated it? I mean, there's lots of details here that are missing. Ah, I see. For you, this is an information gathering mission. For me, this is. The first fun I've had in many years, so you understand why perhaps I am not moving at the speed you would be interested in. How about I show you the answer to your question? Maybe that will satisfy both of us. Um, And once again, he waves a hand and the visuals of the scene surrounding you just warp and twist and bend. And suddenly you are sitting in the house inside of Ilium which you guys know is Azrael's house, except the roof isn't caved in and the windows aren't broken and nothing's dusty. It's just like a nice one, one bedroom house full of like lit candles. And there is a dinner table with um, books on it and devices that Azrael is building and sitting at the table with him is another man you have never seen a kind of pot bellied older gentleman with a big bushy beard who seems like a little out of place, you would think, in Azrael's house, except you look at Azrael and you realize there are two, the one who is in prison showing you the scene mm-hmm. and the one who is in the flashback, but he is wearing a domino mask. So you assume it is an illusion that has been placed on the on Azrael so that the hefty gentleman does not know he is a squid. <laughs> you just wanted to say hefty gentleman. <laughs> so that's the that's the image you guys see right now there's a hefty gentleman and what looks to you to be garrick the great at a table garrick is like making all the devices the one that turns them into mist the one that reverses time and Azrael kind of gestures to it and he says this is the man that i am imprisoned for the murder his name was ernest and he did not appreciate my kindness was the kindness the murder <laughs> It most certainly was. Okay, okay. I, I'm look. I'm not here to judge. Sometimes murder is kindness. What, 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 what did he get killed? What, what did you need to kill him for? I did not need to. I did it out of generosity, a sense of duty <laughs> for a man who was dying and in great pain. Okay, okay. So this was someone who 
was gonna die anyway, having a bit of suffering, and you just you just eased that for them. As you ask that, Ernest like coughs into a handkerchief and just comes up bloody. The Azriel in the flashback with the domino mask looks over up from his tinkering and just kind of scowls at this. All right, and is this this is this is all you're in here for? <laughs> the angel saw fit. To imprison me for murder, yes. He asked me if I killed this man. I said yes, it was the truth, and this is the punishment. Roland, I think we're screwed, because I'm going to be honest with you. I completely get where Azriel's coming from. I'd have done the same thing had I been in that situation, and there's no way in hell I would be repenting for making that choice, so, uh... Getting to someone to repent for what I think is the right thing to do morally... Oh, hmm. Alignments. Hmm. Yeah. Weird. I, I, I hope you know what you're doing here, Roland. Cause, uh, yeah. Tell me more about Ernest. Like it, 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 as the camera cuts back to Roland, he's been just, his notes are out and he's just been taking particular notes about the whole situation. Ernest was uh, some sort of priest. He came from the far North. He was, I guess, not welcome anymore. You know how. People are so fickle, so short-sighted. He was ran out. He came to seek refuge in the Aurora. He was my assistant. He helped me build many a miraculous device. And then, like all beings, man and god alike, his time came. And I eased his suffering. And I will not apologize. I do not feel bad. I did not only the right thing for him, but the right thing for myself. I require the brains of sapient species to survive. I will not apologize for that. You mentioned that he did not appreciate what you did for him. Was he not aware that this was something you were going to do? It seemed, as far as I can tell, that the entire time you knew Ernest, it was under your disguise here. Ernest was a man of uh, some traveling and some learning, but I do not think he would have been understanding of my, let's say... Uh, appearance under the mask. So it was a necessary deception. So when did you create that mask? Uh, on the way to this planet. So this is not about breaking you out of prison. We're, we're dealing with someone else running around with your... Well, I say we are. We were dealing with someone else running around with that mask on uh, before we came in here. And who knows if we're ever going to get back out there to finish with that. But might as well ask. Um... Can you tell us anything about the magic of that mask other than the whole making you not look like a squid person thing? <laughs> I'm afraid that is really all that there is to it. It is not just an illusion, but a full body disguise that holds up to even touch. It's effectively, if I'm not mistaken, similar to like a polymorph spell, if I'm not mm. mistaken. Yes, not nothing so crude as the weave of the universe, your magic. That would be no offense, Rather beneath me, but uh, yes, it is a device that uh, we have for infiltration missions. As well as devices that act as defense mechanisms against attacks by spontaneously causing ice, as well as devices that allows you to rewind time within a narrow range in case worse comes to worse. The time device, yes, I, I invented that while I was here based on some books I found. Some some interesting rudimentary steps. The ice, however, not me. I cannot take credit for that. What deity did 
uh, Ernest Follow. The god of uh, uh, slow-moving molecules or something? Uh, it's going to be the ice god, yep. That seems to be an interesting situation here. So we have someone moving around inside of Ilium using a combination of your devices, or as they're sometimes referred to, artifices, uh, in conjunction with something that's imbued from Ernest himself. Are you sure that Ernest is definitely dead? Well, I ate his brain, so I'm going to say probably dead. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's fair. Spirits cannot escape Ilium, so if he's been dead, he's been inside the barrier for this entire time. So at this point, I think it's good to note that when you hear the description of these devices that Azria made, and you're like, oh, this is alien technology of like mm-hmm. unimaginable power and complication, Roland, for the first time, it probably occurs to you that if you could get your hands on all of the stuff Garrick the Great has, that's enough to get your armor back from Penny. All right. All right. Roland is just sort of making some notes. Now, uh, how close was Ernest to death when you decided to end it for him? I do not know the exact hour that his story was set to end, but it could not have been too far off. Not far enough that they robbed him of meaningful time, just enough that he did not have unnecessary suffering. Hmm. There's a bit of me that's, that's, I want to ask you some questions now that like might seem like silly questions, but I'm looking for loopholes to get you out of here. Like (laughs) the whole deal is we've basically just got to get some kind of evidence that you regret. At least this is how I view it. Tell me if I'm wrong, Roland, but I'm just viewing this as if we can prove that you regret something about what you did, then maybe that's grounds to get you out. Or alternatively, we present it as him simply acting in a way that is in accordance with Ilmater's teachings regarding aiding those who are suffering as well as possible. However, usually that comes in the form of internalizing their suffering into ourselves. Okay, I, I've got a question for you, Asriel. If the answer to this is no, that's fine. This is not a judgment thing. This is us <laughs> lo- me looking for loopholes to get you out of here. Do you regret not asking before killing Ernest. I did ask. He said no. He was wrong. <laughs> okay, that's that's okay. <laughs> Listen, uh, I do not want to give the wrong impression. I am the kind of person who comes to a planet, kills the first person I see, learns about the culture, and decides to name themselves after a heavenly being of unlimited power. (laughs) Yeah. If that gives you the kind of idea, I looked into the myths of your culture. You have a whole phylum of beings that have names like Michael, Uriel, Raphael, Gabriel. Do you know what this, this suffix means? I'm assuming it's something to do with angels. It's a general term for gods. And in particular sects, there is variants of L that are attached to the highest of the gods as a collective or referring to gods as a collection of beings. Mm. I see we have someone who also did their homework. Yes. So I am not the first kind of person who second guesses their decisions. Okay. That, that's fair. I should probably give up on this. Uh, <laughs> oh, well, it was worth a try. <laughs> 
Do you guys want to cut over to Team Kids while you guys think? Go ahead and cut over, yeah. All right. <laughs> I love this. This is so juicy because you got in there, you got the information, and then you see your your dilemma. And now it's just like... Yeah, the, the dilemma is entirely like, I think that Azrael, or at least Veltari thinks that Azrael totally did the right thing. And, and she's now just like, oh, fuck. <laughs> There is doing there is doing what would be the right thing, but then there's the wrong part of oh, killing someone who didn't want to die yet. Yeah, there's that. We'll 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 cut over to Team Kid and I'm sure me and Roland will uh discuss a plan of attack. <laughs> Don't worry. We'll we'll handle giving you guys all of the forward momentum afterwards cuz <laughs> we're going to we're going to crush this part of it and that's just going to that's just going to start momentum, yeah. We're going to fuck shit up. All right, so Team Kid, uh, even though one of them is thousands of years old, one of you has a sore jaw, and the other of you is feeling fine and fancy free. Always. <laughs> you guys walk into Tarsus, and everybody immediately turns and looks at you, and there's a general look and vibe of disgust. Like, you came in with stuff on your shoes that you stepped in, and no one is particularly happy to see you. And Carrie, the bartender, even asks, like... Oh, hey, Dora. New friend? Oh, no, it's just Zoe. Oh, 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 oh. Yeah, she did the weird thing again. Her body changed, like, for the tenth time. It's cool. She's cool. She's cool, guys. Everyone kind of grumbles and goes back to their drinks. Like, not satisfied, but not their problem. Hey, uh, Carrie, I don't mean to meddle in any affairs, but could you tell me what's up with all of these glares? <laughs> <laughs> oh my god i forgot you stole the rhyme this is so good <laughs> never forget carrie says i don't know i'm just not feeling it today zoe maybe just i didn't sleep right or something and like she's not disguising the fact that that's a lie <laughs> well ignore her hey carrie where's claire i need her for no particular reason okay the way you phrased that wasn't suspicious i th- i think she's in the backyard she's like practicing spells Okay, well, how are things with you, you know? Are you doing okay? Uh, as okay as usual. You know how the boss is. Yeah, totally. Um, so, bye! And Doris is gonna walk <laughs> away to go find Claire. <laughs> Alright, I guess you guys go back around into the backyard of Tarsus, which is just kind of a grassy field where you see Claire, who is, like, practicing her magic. She's summoning, like, a huge spirit bomb-sized fireball. Um, she sees you guys coming and f- flinches out of surprise because she wasn't expecting you to sneak up on her. But then she dispels the fireball and walks over. Hey, small stuff. I also small. I You keep catching me unawares with the the banter. Who's your friend? Oh, it's Zoe. Ah. She changed again. You got you. You just got to stop, Zoe. I'm just going to say it. No one else is going to say it. Can you stop? Why should I when my magic's right in my prime? But oh, by the way, I talk weird because I have to rhyme. (laughs) (laughs) That's in-character laughter. She's laughing at you. (laughs) Uh, All right. So I think you actually kind of wrapped around and made my day. What do you... Oh, I was going to ask you guys what you want, but then I realized I have news for you. Do you want to go first or am I going first? No, dish it, sister. Um, did... Zoe, did you tell her already? Ooh, are there secrets? I want to know the secrets. I love secrets. You'd be surprised how this magic is quite magnificent. Wait, no, that doesn't rhyme at all. Never mind. I'm good. 
<laughs> I was like, damn, he's going to ride magnificent. <laughs> so, so we're taking that as a, you didn't tell her? She didn't tell me shit. Uh, okay, hold on one second, Dora. And she pulls Zoe aside and says, is she not in on the plan or? Dora creeps up behind them and goes, I can be in on the plan. <laughs> <laughs> you have to understand it's a little bit of a tizzy i'd want to tell her but we've been very busy okay first of all good work i like that one uh second of all i got like an update can we talk in front of her or not why not i'm a blot that one didn't really make sense but i needed something quick He'll give it a shot <laughs> no i got the gist um okay so about Lady Nim and about our plans to assassinate her. Oh, God. Okay. <laughs> First, we cannot, under any circumstances, fight her in her office. That's just, that's just a death sentence. Even if we walked in and we ganked her, all she has to do is close the door behind us and we're trapped for eternity and we starve to death in a week. Or I guess we'd probably dehydrate to death first, but we're dead if we go in there. Okay. What should, where should we fight her then? Assuming we don't want to end up in a pen. That one didn't make sense either, but I'm also trying to just go quickly here. Yeah, let's, we'll say that one was like a fucking <laughs> iambic pentameter, which is kind of alright. Uh, <laughs> we're going to have to get loose with it. Uh, she says, "I that's okay, listen, I'm bringing you the info. You make the plans or you give it to your good, smart plan friends. That's number one. Number two. Um... Do you want number two or not, Zoe? Do you want to you want to rhyme again? You continue. I just may have some bad news in you. Yeah, cool. Uh, <laughs> second thing. I did some research into devils and fighting her is we have like a 1% chance of winning. Just like putting swords on her body. But it, there's something that devils have called a true name. Like Lady Nim is not her name. That's just a what she calls herself like as a cool title as a mafia boss or whatever. She has like a secret name, which is like a hundred syllables and it's in like demon language or, and you have to like eat a skull to speak it or whatever. But if we get that, our chances go from like 1% to like a hundred. Like we just basically win. It's not clear what powers you get from knowing a devil's true name, but we'll win. Hmm. I, well, I have some shit I have to take care of too. Uh, <laughs> I'm not going to lie. This might not work out great for you, but it also could give you some really cool power. So I feel like we could do like a quid pro quo kind of thing here, Claire. So uh, I'm going to give Claire the spell. I'm be like, yo, this is like a weird ghosty controlly spell. It might corrupt you. Don't know what that means, but you should totally do it and find out. <laughs> okay, for the audience, it's been, I don't know, four months <laughs> since this has been brought up. So I want to refresh. You got a spell from the rocks. It was the spell that tore Robin from his body. It's a very dangerous spell, and it corrupts the user. Um, and now you've have, you've have handed that over to Claire. For what purpose, exactly? Because I feel like it'll complete my Gany mission. I really don't want him to take my powers away. No, that's definitely good, but I'm saying, what's your what's your sell? What's your sales pitch <laughs> to, to Claire to use this? You can control ghosts, I think? I don't know, man. I didn't pay a lot of attention when they were explaining it. Dora, I'm not sure what idea you're currently brewing, but could you ex 
please explain to us what exactly you're doing? <laughs> I thought you were going to say who you're screwing. <laughs> no, she has a clear idea on that. <laughs> she has ears and eyes. Claire folds up that spell and puts it in her pocket, by the way. You take that out of your inventory. It is gone. Use it. ASAP. ASAP. Please. So fast. <laughs> Gotta go fast. <laughs> but let's remember also that you have two missions from, from Gonador. One is corrupt the youth and the other is convert the non-believer. Oh, yeah. Also, also, Claire. Hey, do you currently, you know, I don't know, follow a god? <laughs> or anything like that? <laughs> Damn, Dora, this is quite a... Sham wow pitch. <laughs> all of a sudden, you're just getting right up in my grill with all of the hard cells. Dora, you're acting mighty capricious. <laughs> What's up with this behavior, which is mighty suspicious? Also vicious. Uh, listen, I have things I gotta do to keep my awesome spooky powers. I'm just saying, maybe y'all should check out what Ganny has to offer. He's really cool. He's a giant eyeball, which is really cool, if you didn't know that. And he gives you spooky powers. It's, like, pretty chill. It's a pretty chill agreement. Claire, like, thinks about it for a second, because she hadn't considered this option, but spooky powers might be helpful. Yeah, I know. Also, like, you just get to go around pranking people, and he, like, gives you free powers and shit, and it's, like, really cool. And he talks to you in your brain. It's really, it's really fun. So... I don't want to interrupt all of this fun, but based on what you're telling us, we might also have to corrupt someone. <laughs> what? Who said that? <laughs> you also have to sell steak knives. It's a whole... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, she's like, look, I don't want to read between the seams, but this all sounds like one giant pyramid scheme. Is it? Ooh. Have you not seen me turn into a cloud of mist? It's really cool. Also, I have, like, a bunch of, like, I can shoot, I can make fire, I can make water, I can send me unlimited messages, I can put spooky laughter in people's brains. It's really fucking cool. I'm just saying, guys, it might help with the whole, like, you know, the secret mission that I'm not going to say out loud, just in case. Those That does sound pretty cool. Well, okay, why don't you just come check out my altar sometime? You know, <laughs> come over, I'll make you a cool outfit, you can hang with Mr. Smooches. I'm just saying it's a pretty cool thing. Oh dear, Dora, I, I would ask if you could hear yourself, but frankly, I think we're past that point. Are you in on our mission, first of all? Are you in on my mission? Um, roll persuasion to even get this conversation off the ground, frankly. All right, all right, all right. <laughs> because you sprang a lot. I know why you're, I know Dora is Dora and she's going to be herself, but let's try to get some perspective here. 20. Okay, artificial 20. Yeah, artificial 20, but still a 20. Yeah, very good. So she's going to consider it. She says, listen, Lady Nim is going to kill both of us, at least. <laughs> she looks at Zoe. So, I mean, at the end of the day, if we want to survive, we can't take anything off the table. I know that that's our ultimate goal, but don't make it at the cost of your immortal soul. <laughs> I still have my soul. I'm just saying. <laughs> and I've been around for like a bajillion years. Y'all don't know me. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, I haven't read the fine print yet, but I, I would like to make that plan B if plan A falls through, which we don't have one currently, Zoe. So if you have a plan A, even if you don't like actually, you know, worship Ganny or whatever, you can still come over and play with Mr. Smooches. I mean, I do want to do that. Yeah, I'm just saying. And then eat some of Winnie's preserves before he goes insane. 
<laughs> okay. Well, that's like plan Q and Z, <laughs> respectively. No offense, Winifred. Wow, this conversation has just spiraled completely out of my control. <laughs> Zoe, hi. Hi. So, I don't know if this is the right forum, but I think we might have a tiny problem. That didn't rhyme. I was like, are you contending that close. forum and problem rhyme? <laughs> if, look! Put some stank look! on that accent to make it rhyme. Problem. All right, uh, I don't have like, a, I don't have that M&M voice where I could just go in and just turn <laughs> words into rhymes that don't make sense, but. Yeah. I, I kept driving after that point. I wasn't going to look back. I kept going. So we had a lot of problems already. Mostly the the lady who could kill us with very little effort. Is there new problems on top? Uh, yeah. Well, I know that we have the magical brawn, but <laughs> <laughs> the ones who make up the plans are currently gone. Fuck! You're getting really good at this. <laughs> I mean, they're going to be helpful. That's muscle. That's good. That's but if they if there's no plan for them to slot into, we're screwed anyway. So I'd say focus on the things we can control right now. Uh, I bet Ganny could help if you guys worshipped him. I'm just saying. <laughs> oh my goodness. Okay, so getting someone to convert a religion <laughs> over the course. No, no, I know, I know, guys. On a whim. Dora has no tact. I like where Dora's going, and I like where Lauren's going. They're not the same place, but both of them are good. There's there's no way you're going to convince me to join your crazy religion than a title card. Dora convinces Claire to join her crazy religion. Okay, I think I have an idea, but I don't know if I'm ready to do it. Uh-oh. Our plan at this point has a frame. We just have to find out Lady Nim's true name. I want in! <laughs> I mean, that's good. More people trying to help is more good. I hated that sentence, but I said it anyway. But from what I can tell from research, it's not like we can just, like, ask her or, like, pluck it out, right? It's, like, under 100 levels of mental security if she didn't already just lobotomize it from herself. What if somebody else knows? The chances of someone else knowing in all of the realms of all of existence is low. In this town of 50, it's not great. Hmm. I wonder if Ganny would be able to help. Maybe. I mean, gods are stronger than devils. Hmm. Hmm. That's not a bad uh, thought. Is there a way that you can, like, ask him? Do I have a pe- paper and pencil with me? <laughs> okay. Huh. So here's the thing about contacting gods is that clerics and paladins get specific spells to do it. So I don't like to give it out for free. Mm-hmm. But Ganador did specifically send you on a mission to corrupt and convert people, which means he might be keeping an eye on you. When I write my Gany diary. True. We've established that. So this isn't a bad thought. So why don't you just describe to me the message that you want to send to him? (laughs) Dear Ganny, how are you doing today? I love you. I'm trying to do your missions. Uh, I'm trying real hard to corrupt and convert these people. I'm also writing so they can't see what I'm writing because I want them to know what I'm saying about them. (laughs) Um, But uh, they want me to help them like assassinate someone which i'm totally down but apparently it's really hard i don't know how to do that do you have any tips tricks or pointers ganny love your biggest fan dora <laughs> mm, i want to do something this 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 might be a little mean though uh-huh so i want zoe to cast telekinesis uh-huh and take the book from dora so that she can find out what she's writing oh nice because i think she's very suspicious about this yeah 
So, um, Lauren, make a strength check against the telekinesis. Twelve. Nine. Damn it. (laughs) (laughs) Also, that's a spell with a spell slot. Yes, it is. Fifteen. Oh, dear. Okay, so two things happen. The first is you try to yank Dora's Gany book out of her hands, and she is surprised, but keeps a firm grip on it and yanks it away from your spell. And you guys can deal with that in a second, because the second thing is you invoke wild magic. And what happens is, hmm. So the way I have this written on my wild magic thing is simply no internal monologue. (laughs) What? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God damn it. (laughs) But that does overwrite the rhyming. Oh, thank Christ. Oh, uh, I don't know if that's exactly an upgrade. <laughs> you know, <laughs> in terms of at least making it uh, easier to communicate, it is. Uh, it's just, unfortunately, I'm now going to be regurgitating too much. Yeah. Uh, so Zoe's, uh, I guess, already has it activated. She's just like, I need to make sure that what's going on in that book isn't something that you're using to hide something from us. <laughs> that's really unchill, Zoe. You can't just take people's diaries. Also, that didn't rhyme. It didn't rhyme. I might be cured. Thank God. That was the worst moments of my life. <laughs> worse than the mayonnaise? Yeah, I, I think it was worse than the mayonnaise, all things considered. Nothing's worse than mayonnaise. You try speaking in rhymes for... No, I don't have to. What felt, what felt like three weeks. You want to know why I don't have to? Because I have a cool warlock god. Just saying, guys. I know. It feels like you're pushing this warlock god thing really hard. Mm. It's really lonely being the only Gammy follower in the city. Nobody wants to come to my Gany parties. I know, but doesn't making a deal with a god usually come at some kind of cost? I mean, I do his bidding, but, like, it's stuff I would have done anyway. Okay, as you say that, Ganador answers your request, and he says to you, Sacrifice a friend on the altar to receive my assistance. What the fuck? <laughs> well, 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 out of character, are you fucking surprised? This is Ganador we're talking no, about. No, I'm not surprised. The god who demands sacrifices and doesn't have any friends, not even among the evil gods. This is the guy who this is the guy who rage quit out of the other dark evil gods because he's like, fuck this. I want to be more evil than you sons of bitches. <laughs> yeah, the backstory for this god in D&D canon is he was too evil <laughs> to play nice with the other evil. He's too fucking evil. <laughs> um, yeah, so he will solve or at least put you in a winnable position in the Lady Nim quest if you kill one of your friends on your altar. Do crabs count as friends? <laughs> I'm pretty sure I called them friends at the first episode. <laughs> How many crabs are you willing to kill? <laughs> I eat them anyway. <laughs> Holy, okay, hold on. Damn, 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 damn. That is a legit ass loophole. You got me. Oh, I was so proud of myself. Suck it. Hey, listen, man, you got to lawyer up on that stuff, man. Ooh, I pulled the punch just a little and she got up under it. Yeah, you know what? He doesn't specify, so... Hey, guys. Do you want some crafts? <laughs> <laughs> Claire says, uh, Are we in the middle of a conversation about you converting our religions? That was abrupt. 
I don't know if she's changing the topic or if this is just Dora's usual mentality, because it's, it's, it's usually pretty random like this anyway. Oh, sorry. I forget you guys can't hear him. Um, I might be able to help us with this thing, but I need to go murder some crabs. That's off-putting. I don't know how to respond to that. It's it, Murder is a strong word. We're going to cook them and have a delicious crab feast. But you chose murder first, which is concerning. Look at me. Are you surprised? I suppose not. Okay, so I think t <laughs> Team Kid is going to go back to the avant-garde's headquarters for uh, Red Lobster. <laughs> or, or is it Joe's Crab Shack or something? Uh, and then that's going to pop off in a major way. So let's cut back to Team Parents who are in what is no longer space jail, but I guess is flashback to just pre-murder jail. Mm-hmm. How are you, how are you guys holding up? Probably been some discussion. There's uh, one thing that Roland proposes. Uh, listen, all this, you know, trying to convince you to repent for your actions and such is getting a bit protracted for the time being. Why don't we take a small break with a... Uh, it's going to be a game of chess, Roland, isn't it? It's going to be a game of chess. It's going to be a game of chess. <laughs> You and I have this habit of, like, finishing each other's sentences at this point. This is getting a bit unnerving. Uh, we're, not as, uh, we're not as opposed to... We're not as diametrically opposed as I think we... Uh, <laughs> as, as our uh, personalities might suggest, I think. But, uh, <sighs> yeah, this, this is a thing he does. He does this thing where he plays chess with people and then the conversation somehow turns into getting some kind of insight into your brain it's a thing he does are you two in a opposites attract romantic comedy is that what is happening i didn't think that's what happened was happening but uh <laughs> look if, if it's an opposite attract to the extent that like a day ago he wanted to murder me then maybe who knows <laughs> well, well whatever gets you off <laughs> <laughs> Um, he waves his hand again, and the scene changes, and you guys are inside a kind of stereotypical jail cell. Like, bars shoot up out of the ground, and there's, like, a bad bench in the corner, and then, like, a bucket with slop in it. And he just, like, sits down on the cold stones, and as if to say, like, I guess we can play chess. Like, it's, frankly, more interesting than anything that's happened to him in a long time, so whatevs. He, he well, Roland then sits down opposite of Azrael and sets up the, the chess I don't want to presume too much. Are you familiar with these rules? <laughs> yes, uh, I am more than familiar. Do you know uh, Petrov Igovich, world champion? Delicious. <laughs> 18, just for the first round for him. 11, so you win that one. Oh, while this is all going on, I just like want to point out to Asriel, I'm like, I, I apologize for Roland. He really doesn't seem to be... Uh, Finding your anecdotes about devouring brains as amusing as I am. I'm sorry that his uh, sense of humor is a little less, uh, little less in tune. So when you devour someone's brain, this is just their mental aptitude that you take on. Is there more that you take on when you indulge in that bit of your hunger there? We gain certain knowledge and information it is a evolutionary advantage to add your enemy's strengths to your own but also it is important for mucus secretion and boring biological stuff like that as well so you take on their memories as well i take it 
some, usually the more powerful ones, because of course, even a person who has their original brain cannot perfectly recall all of their memories. Certainly, but events that were very striking, very important to them, they come along for the ride. Sure. So what happens so what happens when you devour the brain of someone who is in about of deep suffering or has taken on a burden that eats at their very essence? Are are you asking me if I know Ernest's suffering? As well as others. I mean, he's certainly not the first one you've devoured who was in a place of deep suffering. I have tasted suffering, as most people have. It is unpleasant, but so is much of life. Uh, my people are born from suffering. Do you know how we reproduce, Roland? Is there going to be a knowledge check I can roll to attempt to know this? Sure, history. Nine, so probably not. Yeah, probably not. You, you, you assume it's not normal <laughs> to you. I have to admit that I am, while I know things of the gods I follow, most of my knowledge is of the plane I exist in, and not much beyond that. All of us begin life as other creatures. There is a parasite that is introduced to their system, and it eats through their brain and transforms their body. So, in a way, all of us are born from suffering. That's real. I've got, I've got a question for you. I've been listening to you two go back and forth, and I think I've got something that might be the thing that gets you out of here. You might have we play at least one more match. <laughs> you goobus. 23. 23. Fine. Do your chest. 24. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he got super snotty about it, too, while he was winning. And he was like, oh, look at me. I'm going to break the guy out of jail. I'm so smart. And then he just crushed him at the end there. Okay, can are you are you two done having your big intelligence contest at each other? Can I can I try and break you out of prison now? Are you not impressed by our brains? Come on! <laughs> I'm impressed by both of your brains, but I'm I'm impressed by my own brain. I think I might have worked out how to get you out of eternal space prison. <laughs> I, I think I think you and I are thinking of the same thing here. But go ahead. Let, let, let me do it. Let me have my one mm. moment of... You, no, 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 Roland. Roland, <laughs> you do your thing where you're all cool and you play chess. Let me have my one cool moment. Thank you. Oh, God, this hate sex later is going to be so hot. <laughs> <laughs> Azriel, do you remember how Ernest felt when he did not want to be killed and died anyway? Do you remember what it felt like for Ernest to not want to die, but to be killed? He felt betrayed. And this is a feeling you still hold on to, and you still feel that killing him was the right thing to do. The illithid, the brain-eating extraterrestrial monstrosity, <laughs> looks down at the chessboard in what is an unmistakable yet rare moment of shame. Oh, shit. <laughs> See, Roland, your chest might be, be good, but oh, look at me, I did a smart thing. I told you I needed you. 
We we make an alright team. <laughs> all around you, the prison begins to collapse. Let's cut back to Team Kids. <laughs> How are you guys cooking up those crabs? This is where I regret this because I don't actually know anything about cooking crabs. Oh, I can tell you. You just you take a hammer, you just pound it right in their chest, and you crack open the legs, and you just start sucking it out. I gotta cook it first. Nah, you don't need to. Raw crab's delicious. <laughs> Zoe has the cooking proficiency, so. Zoe does, technically. <laughs> All right, we're gonna do whatever Zoe says. All right, LeGrand sister crab broil <laughs> on the <laughs> altar because we both have proficiency because we have the same stuff mostly what was the the uh just plus proficiency you're one level higher than her so i think yours is three and hers is two or hers is three hers um, mine's four okay yeah hers is three yours is four Thirteen. Fifteen and 13 nice so that's that's above average you guys make some pretty good crab on theodora's altar to the god of abominations <laughs> Mr. Smooches helps. Oh, how does he help? He bites him. Okay. He tries to help. <laughs> um, in response to this, uh, you hear Gonador, Theodora, who says, This is not what I had in mind. <laughs> but you know I love them. They're my little buddies. However, I reward outside the box thinking. <laughs> <laughs> Um, at which point, a inky black portal opens up over the altar, and a oily, disgusting, slime and blood-covered tentacle flops out. Hey, Claire, hug that tentacle. <laughs> <laughs> uh, persuasion check to have Claire hug this tentacle. 17! <laughs> If Claire starts to go towards it, uh-huh. Zoe wants to like essentially grab her by the back, pull her, like pull Claire back and then go forward instead. Oh shit. Okay. Oh, snaps. Yeah. I mean, Claire isn't sure. 17 is good, but it's no like 20. So she lets you pull her back and so are you going to embrace this? She Zoe is going to similar to how when she first came to Ilium, she just ran straight through the portal. Yeah. She's doing the same thing right here. She's just going head first through it without really thinking of the consequences of it. Holy shit, I can't believe I pulled this off. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so let's be clear about what you're agreeing to. You're converting to Gonodourism. You're gonna be you're going to become a warlock whose patron is Gonador, that which lurks, god of abominations. <laughs> uh well, let's see if Zoe rolled an eight for religion. I don't know if she knows who Ganador is. You only know what Dora has kind of said, which <laughs> is not a great representation because she she kind of puts her own Dora spin on it. Yeah, she kind of just goes past some of the less uh, savory aspects of it. But so this is a character choice you're comfortable with. Yeah, uh, Zoe, Zoe does not want Claire to have to make that kind of sacrifice, and she's already sort of used to her life going in a spiral. All right, as soon as you touch this inky black tentacle that's just kind of oozing all kinds of gross, disgusting fluids and is clearly peering out through the place beyond the stars, it's just like, it's it's Lovecraftian in like the most standard, uninteresting way, unfortunately, because of the, the source material of this. But as soon as you touch it, like you, you've been electrocuted before, right, Chris? 
How did you know? Uh, it's something that most people have have happened to them at least once. Um, it just like runs through your whole body, and it's a, in an almost like violating way. The way same way like that's how I feel when I get electrocuted. It's just like something that's so far beyond your ability to fight back. It's like a primal force that just <laughs> shoots through your whole body, and it's like deeply, deeply unpleasant. And I think you probably know enough to know that's because like it has accessed you in a primal way. Like Ganador knows what you know and feels what you feel in this moment. And I think it's probably a, maybe too much to handle. Why don't you roll me a constitution saving throw if you can retain consciousness? I rolled a nine. That's not good enough. <laughs> Uh-oh. Yeah. Um. So Zoe faints when she touches this. She's like overwhelmed. Her eyes roll back in her head and she just kind of collapses forward onto the altar and the tentacle retracts and the portal closes. And Theodora, you hear his voice once more say you have succeeded thank you Kenny. i love you <laughs> your next assignment is tell the traveler that war is coming oh dang that sounds legit okay gotcha boy <laughs> i just love the way you talk to him you talk to him the way you talk to winifred <laughs> Yeah, I know. That's that's what I do. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. All right. So uh, Claire runs over and is like kind of upset because her sister was just knocked unconscious by a slimy god tentacle. Uh, Dara's going to be like, hey, hey, don't worry. It's totally cool. She'll be fine. It it happened to me, too. But I was alone in the swamp, so it was less fun. But we're going to put her in bed, put her in some blankies, make some crab soup, and she'll feel so great when she wakes up. I promise. Okay. Help me get her in the bed. Okay. And you guys like lift her up and carry her to bed. And Claire says like, I'm not sure if I trust this, but we're going to get killed any day now. So I don't have a lot of choices. Yeah. I I was just wondering if they would actually, because Zoe's full, like an adult size person now. And I don't know if they'd be able to carry her. True. But uh, Theodora has Perry Mason. Yeah, I do. That is true. Who's a full-sized animal capable of ripping the hearts out of adult humans. Oh, that is dope. Actually, yeah. You know what? This is a good point where Claire actually first reveals her animal totem to Theodora. You see, she doesn't even say anything. You just see the cloak she's wearing kind of lift off her back. And you see on its underside, it has like dagger teeth and like beady eyes. And it like kind of just wraps around part of Zoe and just kind of flaps it around. It's like pretty disturbing creature, frankly, but... It's actually kind of Gonador-esque. Yeah, Dora's gonna be like, yo, your buddy is fresh to death, Claire. <laughs> yeah, he's actually pretty useful. I I had an idea with how to use him in our upcoming fight. We'll talk about that later, I guess, but... Can I pet him? Uh, Sure, the, the back part. <laughs> Not yeah, the... yeah, here, you can pet Perry. He's cool. Okay. okay, so you guys pet each other's animal totems. I'm gonna pet so many. Chris, we'll we'll talk about this off air, but the consequences for the decisions you've made today are you're going to need to take at least one level in Warlock. Okay. How many is up to you, but you're going to relocate the character levels you currently have between Warlock and Sorcerer. Okay. So it's uh, how many is up to you? It could just be you're at level nine, right? Uh, Yes. So it could be eight Sorcerer, one Warlock, or any other combination, but it needs to be at least one Warlock now. Okay. So let's cut back to Team Parents, where Roland Hawklight, Veltari. <laughs> you go! 
guys are fine. You were gone for 10 minutes and one of your kids has sold their soul to the dark gods. (laughs) (laughs) This is one of the few things that will get Roland pissed off. Next time we go into a magical mirror dimension, I'm getting a babysitter. (laughs) You absolutely cannot leave them unattended. Um, Azrael comes with you guys as you suddenly all burst out of the enchanted mirror that Warden Light has left mirror side up on his pulpit. So you kind of all spew into the air and then collapse onto the ground in a goofy physical comedy pile. Mm -hmm. And he looks down at you like, whoa, oh dear, (laughs) brother Hawklight. Ah, Sister Voltari, Brother Azrael, what, uh, oh, my word. I, uh, I like that you gave me the title Sister this time. Uh, that's probably more respect than you've ever shown me before. <laughs> it, it appears that you have done the impossible, so respect is perhaps the least I could do. Im- impossible, uh, you know, doesn't tend to happen. This, this, this was a case of the possible, I think. <laughs> <sighs> Uh, did you get what you needed? Well, in part at least. We've, we've, we've got some time now to talk with Azrael and get the rest of what we needed, I guess. <laughs> Azrael kind of pulls himself to his feet telekinetically and is like, All right, so I am out of here. Goodbye. <laughs> it starts- oh, go on, we, we broke you out of space, Joe. You can <laughs> give us a little bit of time, right, Azrael? He starts floating out of the building. He doesn't want to be around <laughs> Warden Light is the thing he's he's communicating. <laughs> Roland's going to use an instance of compelled duel against... Oh, dear. Against him, just... But not, not like, based for the standpoint, it's like, please, Ezreal, after everything we've been through, a little bit more of your time isn't too much to ask for. Um, He actually deliberately does not resist this magic. I was going to roll a saving throw, but he doesn't have a problem acquiescing to this, actually, because he does not feel he's in physical danger. We we can we can we can retire elsewhere if you wish to talk to talk. But he sits in the back of the church in the last pew in the corner. He doesn't want to be here. Football's on. Right. Look, R- R- Roland. I know talking to the wardens usually your deal, but like me and him, we're not on the greatest of terms. Do you mind if I if I take this one? Mind if I use this as a chance to get him to maybe not hate me so much? <laughs> oh, oh, sure, sure, sure. Go ahead. I will, okay. I'll talk with Azriel over here then. Awesome, thank you. Warden, we should probably chat about this whole um, impossible to redeem people in the mirrors thing. <laughs> <laughs> I am as impressed as I could possibly be, Sister Veltari. Thank you. Do, do, do you want to know how we got him out? or? Uh... <laughs> of course. He has to eat brains. <laughs> he remembers the th- he remembers things from the people whose brains he ate, right? He remembered the last moments of the person he killed. He remembers what it's like to not want to die and have someone kill you. And uh well, he thought upon that. And that was enough for him to uh seemingly have a bit of a change of heart. Uh Warden Light says it it was supposed to be such a simple enchantment from the very beginning. It's just to give you a place and time to reflect on your deeds and that you would eventually naturally come to that kind of conclusion. It's, it was very disheartening that, that nobody was able to do it, but it appears that all anyone really needs is a little push. Here's, here's the thing. You, you're locking people away with your whole high and mighty shtick. And I get it. You're an angel. That's kind of your thing, <laughs> is the whole, I'm all holy. I can, you know, make judgments on people. 
sometimes that's not what you need to get people to respond. Sometimes you just need to get someone who isn't just going to lock someone away because they admit, yes, they killed someone, and is going to look at the at the reasons why they did it and the emotions behind it and not just look at it as a yes or no tick box. And, you know, I think you might get someone in there that can actually have a conversation about emotions and feelings. You might get through to some of these people. They're not all as unredeemable as you think. I hear you, Sister Veltari, but you have to remember that it's not as simple as just sending someone in. The cost of failure is death, essentially. It's... It's so high. The cost is so high. Well, didn't seem to stump me going in. I was always willing to throw myself in. Maybe, maybe, here's the thing. I barely know anyone in this, in this town. I have no investment in this whole trying to get people redeemed thing. And you know what? I, I put, I put myself up there. I was willing to, to, to go in and look what happened. I had a conversation and got someone out. <laughs> Maybe if you were willing to have a conversation with someone, you get a couple more people out. <laughs> See, now this is the part where a lot of listeners have been writing in saying, is Viltari really chaotic evil? Oh, I've been looking for a point of like, when do I do this out of character thing where I'm going to have to have this conversation. But, okay, I probably should have done this whole thing last episode. You run the risk of making the subtext too textual and then it t- takes away some of the mystery. yeah. I, I feel like the, uh, the, enough people have asked about it, I should probably just address it at this point, maybe. Okay. Here's, here's, here's the thing. Veltari's reason for going into the mirror, at least the way I I was trying to play it, and obviously the subtext was a little, uh, not quite as forefront as it needed to be, I think Veltari knew that Roland, Roland has this whole high and mighty thing of I want to prove that people can be redeemed. He was always going to come into the mirror. He wasn't going to let me go in by myself. And he was always going to be smart enough to get me back out. If I, I'm being very like, oh, look at me. I made this self-sacrificial move as Veltari. It was entirely one that was made with the knowledge of Roland's going to come in with me and he'll get us out. It's fine. What she doesn't know is that Roland would have compelled her to go into the mirror with him as a bargaining chip. <laughs> hmm. Interesting. So, yeah, my that was my thing, was just... Beltari's reason for going in is, hey, if I m- make what appears to be a self-sacrificial move, Roland's gonna get, him, get us both out anyway, and then Roland's... Roland will just forget about this whole, you know, hating me for killing people thing. It's fine. Doesn't mean I'm not going to use it as like, oh, look, Angel, I totally did the good thing. I'm, I'm <laughs> going to flaunt that because yeah. I made a move that looked self-sacrificial. It's also worth noting that even if this wasn't kind of a, a long con to help get back into Roland's good graces... Uh, chaotic evil doesn't mean you eat puppies 24-7. Like, even Hitler occasionally complimented people. And, like, you know... Hit- Hitler did really nice artwork, you know? <laughs> you know, okay. pe- evil people aren't evil all the time. They just, you know, chaotic evil have their... People have a lot of evil. There's always so much room in the belly for all the puppies. Yeah. Uh, alignments are always a weird thing to me. You You go into a character being like, this is how I intend to play them, and then characters end up becoming whoever they end up becoming as you play them sometimes. They're, they're a tool to be used when it's convenient. Yeah. <laughs> um. So, so you explain to Warden Light your kind of general feelings on the situation. He replies that it is still a big sacrifice to ask somebody to go in, 
And once again, there's the risk of muddying the subtext and text of what is clearly a prison versus therapy allegory going on here. Um, so he just kind of like walks you through his objections to it and says that like he, he has noted what you guys have done. He's impressed and you've restored his faith in the system a little bit, but he is not yet ready to like change night and day his opinion on everything. That's fair. Um, well, look, while we're here, Warden, there's a conversation we were always going to have to have. Bumbershoot's still in this prison. We're going to have to have this conversation. Sister Veltari, if anyone has earned the right <laughs> to try to get Bumbershoot out, it is you. I warn you that I have met men like him before, and he will not reform. He will not change. If you enter his prison... <laughs> You will remain there for all of your days. Yeah, look, I, I'm going to lay my cards out on the table. If you'd asked me before I went into this first mirror, I'd have said, sure, why not? Let's jump in and get Bumbershoot out. But I jumped into this mirror with Asriel, and within two minutes, I was willing to accept, nope, you know, getting him out's going to be impossible. With someone like Bumbershoot, who has no actual... Uh, uh, no chance at redemption. This is rare, but I'm going to agree with you. It's probably a fool's errand for me to go in there. It is also complicated by the fact that he was possessed at the time of his incarceration. And so his prison is no doubt a chaotic maelstrom of two ids conjoined. The prisons were not meant to be used in such a way. I, I would not allow you to sacrifice yourself in such a way. Listeners, this is all the explanation of why we can't do the thing that you're all asking, why don't we go do in a minute? <laughs> hey, you always should do, hey, out of character, you should ask him the question, though. What question should I ask? About, about who made the mirrors. Oh, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you are in the room, Roland, but... We're just having a whisper chat across the room. <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, you're you're right, Warden. I, <laughs> considering that we've just disproven a bunch of your whole uh, idea about reformation being impossible, are you are you are you willing to answer a couple of questions for me about this whole this whole deal? Just while we're here, this is a uh, an honest forum for frank discussion between equals. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> frank discussion from you seems unlikely, but we'll give it a go. Um. Did you make these mirrors? No. Who made them? The most talented genius I've ever known. That's a very vague answer for someone who promised to be Frank. His name was Lucas. Yeah, that's better than you were before, I guess. Um, I know we're not on good terms, but at least I can... Uh, my hope is... That I'm going to go back and, and chat with Roland, but... <laughs> My hope is that if I need to talk to you in future, I won't just feel like you're going to lock me away in one of these mirrors straight away. I hope that you at least have that much respect for me now. Uh, all I can promise you, Sister Veltari, is that if you <laughs> behave yourself, we have, we'll have no reason to come into conflict. And that if I get locked away, as long as I repent, I can come back out, as has been proven. <laughs> that is the justice that I dream of. Okay, see ya. And I go back and I go back and sit with Roland and Asriel and see how their whole deal's going on. I feel that during their conversation, uh, Roland uh, sat down with Asriel, and one of his first questions is, 
Who was it that betrayed you that allowed you to respond in such a way during that bit of reflection there? Let's just say you do not get sent on a mission to a faraway planet to analyze a powerful magical anomaly that pierces the universe like an arrow from one end to the other if you are in good standing in your society. Hmm. It is not a cushy job. Who else in town knew about your devices? Because the person who has been running about town wearing your mask and using your items, they, uh, they seem to know how they operate, so they must have been someone that you knew perhaps, before you were imprisoned. I am not foolish. The more people you share your secrets with, the more people you have to kill in the end. That's why I wore the, wore the mask. No one knew what I was underneath the mask. I mm-hmm. was taken by surprise in an ambush when I was arrested and did not have it on. But until that point, that was a secret. And the only person who knew about my devices was my assistant. I shout from the other side of the church, The assistant is doing it, being a ghost! (laughs) That doesn't make any sense, though. Because you guys saw Garrick the Great. Before the spirits were released from the machine. Bingo. Though how they know to use the items, I assume maybe (laughs) depends on how long they've had to experiment with them. (laughs) I think in your heart, you already know the answer. (laughs) If you do not mind... I have a roof to fix and some windows to replace, so... I will return your books to you once I'm able to get back to my my headquarters. I brought them in to, well, help in the investigation. Goodbye, Mr. Roland Hawklight. Give my regards to your wife. (laughs) (laughs) And he he leaves. (sighs) So do you guys want to go home and see what the kids have been up to? Oh boy. (laughs) I was trying to write write down who was the person that the warden mentioned made the mirrors. His name was Lucas. Yeah, uh, uh, we'll need to explore that a bit further, but we can save that for another time. We can let that mystery unravel a bit more later on. The the only addition I want to make on our walk back to find out how the kids have been doing is <laughs> I want to awkwardly have a bit of a conversation with Roland where I'm like, look, he, that uh, the squid dude kept making jokes about about <laughs> us being a thing. Just just in case that was a thing you're interested in, I only really like the ladies. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> she in, she installed anti aircraft <laughs> weapons to destroy that ship. <laughs> uh, one there were at l- I believe there was at least one moment prior to us talking with Asriel where you indicated as such. And secondly, I'm not. You realize that I enjoy a good joke, and implying a relationship to exist where there's no possibility of one is a fairly good joke. (laughs) You guys walk into the avant garde headquarters, and Winifred looks so guilty. He's just like he got his tentacle in the cookie jar. He's like, uh, I, I didn't know, and I was, I, I can't, and then it was just the hole, and then I tried to, it was too late, and I was, I'm gonna go over here. <laughs> what, 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 what was too late? I gotta Winifred. go, got, gotta go. <laughs> Winifred, if you go away, I'm just gonna say pineapple. <laughs> <laughs> For the first time ever, Winifred hung up on somebody. <laughs> oh, sorry, I don't have any service. Oh. <laughs> New number, who this? No, bye! <laughs> um, uh, 
Winifred. <laughs> you discover in Zoe's bedroom, Zoe's unconscious, and Claire and Theodora are standing over her body. Oh my god, you guys, so much happened while you're gone. You have no idea. It's so exciting. I have so much to tell you. We are never leaving you without a babysitter ever again. She's fine. Zone of truth on you. <laughs> uh, what happened? Oh, she's following Yanny now. She's uh, been welcomed to the cult of Yanny. <sighs> and she's got having a little Yanny sleep. Roland is drawing out his sword as he's talking. <laughs> hey, 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 Roland, Roland, before you... Before you get too mad, eyeball gods are pretty cool. Okay, hold on here, Roland. I see you pulling your sword. That's kind of rude. Zoe may look like a kid half the time, but she's an adult, and she can make her own decisions. And if she decided to do this, that is nobody's business but her own. Claire pipes up and says, I, I was going to do it, and she like literally pushed me out of the way to do it herself. So, Why was this even brought up in the first place? Oh, I forgot Zoe didn't tell the rest of you. Uh, so we're going to assassinate Lady Nim, and we needed all the help we could get, so we made a deal. We're in the middle of a mission, and now <laughs> this is getting brought up? Well, because apparently Lady Nim was going to kill them both on her own anyway, so they needed help to not get murdered. If this is what we're doing, I'll help you both as long as you help me kill uh, the, the, the angel when we get around to that. <laughs> Veltari, I have a message for you. War is coming, by the way. I just thought you should know. Oh, thank you for letting me know. Yeah, I'll help you kill your person if you help me kill mine. Oh, jeez. <laughs> you seem slightly uh, not in your best mood, Roland. So she's having a little ganny nap. We wrapped her in blankies. I have made crab soup. Why was it prudent or even necessary to convert her to your god? Because Ganny's going to help us find out her true name so we can kill her. It's a whole thing. I suggested it, and they said yes, okay? I didn't make anybody do anything. I don't have those kind of powers. They are grown-ups, and they can do what they want. And you're also a double-talking entity who, who uses sweet words to lead others to your interests. And? I'm going to leave that three-second fucking pause in there because it was scrumptious. <laughs> <laughs> do, you, do you need a hand, like, calming down slightly, Roland? I'm sure I can help you if you, if you, if you want some help uh, finding this a little less um, dire. <laughs> I get that you don't like Yanny, Roland. I understand. You have your thing, I have mine. But you knew who I was when I joined this place, and you wanted my help. You know who I am. I've never lied about who I was. And I'm zone of truth, so you know that I'm not lying. Meh. <laughs> uh, at this point, uh, Claire is really uncomfortable in this room, and so she like starts shaking Zoe to wake her up. Chris, if you want to be awake, you can. If you think it's more interesting to be unconscious, you can continue that. It's up to you. Why is everyone... Hey, Roland and, and Viltar, you're back! We're back! Roland was about to kill me. Tell him you're okay. I'm perfectly fine, although I... I did make, I think, an agreement with a, a, a god of some kind. Uh, I don't really know what happened. We successfully got out of space prison. We had a good time. <laughs> That's a great topic change. Great job, guys. How did it go? Do we find out anything? Who's Garrick? Can we find him and capture him now? Roland, who's Garrick? You talked to Asriel after we got him out. Who's, who's, who's Garrick? Yeah, you guys officially have enough. 
information to figure this out. And so I don't think the most interesting format is to just sit here and just guess. So if you guys want to go through the clues again, we can. How does that sound? Yeah. Give give us give us the clues first and we'll see what we can make of what we've got. <laughs> okay. So you know Garrick the Great is someone who knew where the devices were hidden. That is narrowed down to a category of one. <laughs> Ernest, the northern priest who is dead now. Right. You know that he cannot be a ghost because you guys saw Garrick before the ghost containment unit was open. You know that when Garrick was in your house and was startled by Winifred and escaped, he ran in the direction of the Hawthorne house. Oh, God. Is it um, Alice Hawthorne is possessed by by Ernest? Because mm. that, that's, that's where I'm leaning right now. I've been thinking this a little bit for a while. Is Alice Hawthorne possessed by Ernest? You guys had a conversation with Alice Hawthorne upstairs while Garrick was downstairs drinking with Bumbershoot. So that is not possible. Mm. Okay. Yeah. Is it instead then that it's Max? Because I don't know if we ever established if Max was sealed inside of the box. We just found him afterwards. You guys had a fight with Garrick, or rather, you jumped Garrick while Max was in prison. Yeah, so it can't be Max. So, so it's it's not it's not Max. It's not Alice. Oh, is it one of her skeletons? Is 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 uh, is Ernest embodying one of of Alice's skeletons? Oh, ah. did I do a thing and finally work something out? <laughs> oh my god! If you go back and listen to the audio that I left in of last time on Dice Funk, one of them is Chris saying, well, it could, he couldn't have gone inside Hawthorne House because none of the skeletons were bothered and they're really aggressive, so they would have fought him. Unless he was one of the skeletons. Oh. oh no no no! It's the skeleton of Ernest. Ernest. Uh, it's it's Ernest's skeleton. That's what it is. Because once he was reanimated by Alice, he has enough of a connection with his with the spirit to remember one thing, and that is where those artifices are. It's a fucking skeleton. It, it's it's not his soul that's animating. It's just an animating spirit. And so it's not even the memory of Ernest or whatever. It's just it's just Ernest's skeleton. Just the last clue I was going to say was it would be someone who knew that Wolf had an invitation to the party. Yeah, it's the, it's the purse. It's the skeleton that was inviting everyone to the party, isn't it? Librarian or the yeah, librarian skeleton. <laughs> So what are you gonna do about it? I guess we're gonna put the skeleton in jail. Well, here, well, well, actually, there's a different approach to this too, because you remove the artifices, you remove the threat. So we take the stuff and then we give the the devices to Warden Light and be like, "Yo, we did it." I'm willing to look past this, Dora, on one condition. Mm-hmm. I choose what happens when we recover the artifices. Okay. <laughs> Dara's like, I don't need that junk. I got cool Ganny magic. What do I give a fuck? <laughs> <laughs> All right. So why don't you guys describe to me how you plan on pulling off this ambush caper? I vote I go in and do the same as I did last time. I get, mm-hmm. I get Alice Hawthorne to sit down at the table get the librarian in under some pretense that we need some information that the librarian can provide, 
casts something to incapacitate the librarian, and while the librarian is incapacitated, I explain to Alice Hawthorne why I've incapacitated the librarian. Given what has happened around her establishment, I would I would recommend explain first, incapacitate second, don't. Yeah. How, how about if I can get her to sit down and say, look, can we talk privately? Make sure that that skeleton isn't around. Explain to her what I'm going to do. Get her to bring the librarian skeleton in. Incapacitate it. The rest of you can come in and do what you've got to do. That sounds like a good plan. Are you guys going to all walk over there then? So we're doing this. All right. <laughs> so we doing this. All right. Claire is going to stay here. Because she wants to lay low from Lady Nim, and she does not want to fight a skeleton. I'm going to put Mr. Smooches in her lap. Okay, they're going to cuddle. So you guys gear up, go out, and get ready to ambush Garrick the Great before he can employ his defensive measures. Um, And as you start walking across the field over to Hawthorne House, you see coming from across the field at a kind of angle towards you is Wolf the Troll. Oh, shit, I'm with the Popo. <laughs> and he sees the four of you together. Hi, Wolf! <laughs> How are you today? Popo got me! As always, I'd like to thank Overclocked Remix for our theme music, which includes Acoustic Jam at the Lucifer Alpha, an arrangement of Biohazard from Snatcher, Simply Be Grooved, an arrangement of Simple and Clean from Kingdom Hearts, and Mystic Chemicals, an arrangement of Mystic Cave and Chemical Plant Zone from Sonic the Hedgehog. Executive producers for July 2017 are Kerstine Haslinger, Jade, Extellaris, Joseph Timbrello, The Cult of Gorfanax, Irving Royale, Andrew Grothen, Paul Mullen, Levi the Young, Luke Powers, Michael Goodell, Brent, Anthony Sauvier, Melissa Nielsen, Dawn, Eugene T., Connor Reynolds, Sarah Likens, Pruitt Holcomb, Artemis BJJ, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu in Bristol, Francois V., Tarka, Shyness, Dennis Pancake Detlefsen, Ripter Stormwolf, Miko from Finland, Dennis Bengston, Josh Mosier, Diego Van Dane, Allison Ansel, Sydney Marzing, Just a Jester, John Potts, Kevin Dobbins, Savarden Akrasimova, Brady Warner, Kitty Foe, James Neely, Marissa Donaldson, Melanie Joe, Lana Seawolf, Toby Gleason Stack, Ruby Offer, Matthew Weber, Sarah Hanley, Melissa Booker, Cameron Abbas, Dylan, Gary Sayon, Anna Stulfar, Sean, the host of Funk Dunk Plays, Giorgio Renna, Harrison Andrew, Kevin Sidlow, Christopher Charlo, Jorit, Viger Arnston, Cody Jackson, August Rue, Athos, and Ingmar Gremen. You can join this list by supporting the show at patreon.com slash and you can also help support Chris at patreon.com slash weeklymongarecap, and you can support Laura at patreon.com slash laurakbuzz. 
You can also help support the show indirectly by finding us on iTunes, Google Play, Podbean, YouTube, or probably other places as well, and liking, subscribing, and commenting there. And finally, I just want to thank all of our amazingly talented fan artists out there. You make doing this show infinitely more fun. And I just want to shout out the incredible Cosmignon, Jessica Sims, Eileen, Savarden, Tempest, Levi, and Okidokai. I think I speak for everybody here at the show when I say your incredible work inspires us every week to do our best. Thank you.